Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to FCN's podcast. We have Emily with us today. Uh, Emily, uh, what are we talking about? Oh, we're, today we're talking about entities. It's really exciting. I actually kind of like this topic, which is kind of weird. But so LLCs, sole proprietorships, S corps, C corps, all that fun stuff. We'll be talking about all that stuff today. Perfect. And Emily, uh, we wanted to have you do this because when you first joined FCN Launch, way back before you were one of the partners in it, you and I had a very long conversation about wanting to protect your family's assets and the stuff that you guys have built up before starting coaching. And, you know, there's resources in there. And then we had a long conversation about beyond those resources of understanding the LLC stuff. How does this apply to me? And you actually spent some additional money, uh, which was a very good idea. <laughs> that yes. is definitely not something that I discouraged hiring an attorney to be able to go through it and, and talk through it. So you also have a very unique perspective having gone through this yourself and having gotten legal counsel related to it specific to starting a coaching business when your family has a house and things that you want to protect and children that you want to protect and all the other things. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so thankful to have discovered all of this and, and not just be continuing going along kind of blindly and not really knowing what I should be doing. So Definitely was um, eye-opening for me and uh, was, yeah, I was very happy to spend that money on a lawyer and it, it wasn't just for, and I think you talked about this on the other live too, was it wasn't just for what entity do I form, but we also talked about the coaching, like what protections can I have in my coaching business as well? So he helped me with a contract and he also helped with some wording for certain documents that I put out or emails that I sent out. Mm -hmm. And it was really nice to have all like kind of that full protection and not just protection on what entity I pick. Right. So it was a bigger, bigger discussion. Yeah. And we're going to come back to that point, I think later in the discussion, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so let's, where, where do you want to start? Well, so the question I think I feel like I hear the most, and it's even one that I had in the beginning um, when I was in training, which is, Hey, I just finished this training X, Y, Z, whatever it is, or maybe I'm still in the, in the middle of it. And I'd like to start coaching clients. Should I establish an LLC now or a corporation? What is it that I need to have in place before that first client meeting? And it doesn't matter if I'm getting paid or not. Okay. So um, the, the answer to that is it depends. Um, and that's going to be, that's always the case in finance. That's always the case in taxes. And that is definitely always the case in legal stuff. And so a lot of it really depends on what do you have to protect? 
Right. Um, if you're protecting $200 in a checking account and a 1987 Buick and a, an apartment that you rent, the answer is, you know, you don't really need anything, right? Um, the more that you have to protect, the more that you should think about utilizing uh, some form of entity structure. However, and this is the, the key thing, creating an entity does not mean that you're protected. And this going back to that conversation with regards to the lawyer, right? You don't want to think of it as I am going to create this LLC and that's all I need to do to protect things. Right? Uh, when I work with clients in their risk management, right? What I tell them is, you know, an LLC, an S Corp, uh, whatever, that is your last line of defense, not your first line of defense, right? If you are looking at creating that in order to protect yourself from liability, and that is your strategy, your strategy is going to fail. Right? Um, entities do not provide the protection that uh, people think that they provide. <laughs> And there are so many other things that need to be looked at. And it's one of the reasons why actually talking with an attorney is a good idea. Um, I will develop an entire risk management strategy with clients with, the, with oftentimes an entity structure as the last line of defense. And at the end of that entire strategy conversation, I say, okay, now go talk to an attorney because there's things that... I can do, and there's things that the attorney can do, and you want to have a whole strategy as opposed to half a strategy. <laughs> right. So who else should I talk to then? So attorneys are always good. Um, another uh, group, another person is honestly a financial advisor, especially one that specializes in working with business owners. Uh, because there are strategies that any good attorney will tell you to do but that they don't do, right? So any attorney worth their salt is going to tell you you should have insurance. And if they don't, you need to, or if they disagree, no, no, insurance isn't important. You're talking to the wrong attorney, right? Uh, but most attorneys don't really understand the intricacies and the structures of insurance, and so that's an example of how, of where having a financial advisor is going to be important. Um, another professional that you should have is a CPA. And this is going to sound a little bit weird, but your LLC falls apart if you don't file. Well, there's lots of reasons why your LLC or S Corp could fall apart. One of them is the taxes were not filed correctly. And so you want to make sure that you have support around that as well, because that becomes a publicly accessible document that a suing attorney could use to take apart the LLC protections. So when you say it falls apart, what do you mean by that? So there is the, what it, what an entity structure actually provides is what's called a corporate veil, right? So it puts up what many people describe as a firewall between you and your personal assets and the business, right? So that the liability stemming from the business cannot go after your personal assets. So blogs will call it a firewall, 
lay people will call it a firewall. Attorneys will call it a veil. And just like a wedding veil, that is how thick it is, <laughs> right? Uh, there is a concept in law called piercing the corporate veil. And what it basically is, is yes, this, this corporation exists. However, we are still going to reach through the corporate veil and take the personal assets anyway. And attorneys call it a corporate veil because there are lots of ways that you could have it pierced. And we, we can't go into the 50,000 different permutations. Uh, but one of the ways is that you your taxes demonstrate that the finances are not actually separate. Right. And so that's why a CPA is going to be important. Um, it's also why having an ongoing advisor that understands this would also be important so that, you know, you can identify, oh, you're walking into an area that's going to be problematic. Right. Um, again, if we're not protecting anything, we don't need any of this stuff. The more money you have, right. the more you want to protect it. <laughs> And the more you should be willing to spend to protect it. Yeah. So, okay. So then I went to a course recently mm -hmm. and they had a guest speaker come on and she said, I'm not an attorney, but I'm going to uh -oh. tell you right now. <laughs> yeah. And she was very black and white and said, uh, the difference between a sole proprietorship and an LLC is that an LLC will provide you legal protection for personal possessions. And it was very black and white. Mm -hmm. Was that correct? So <laughs> Technically, that's not an untrue statement. It does provide protection, but that doesn't mean you actually have protection, right? So, you know, it, it's sort of like saying a bucket can carry water. Okay, that is a true statement. <laughs> but we also have to understand what do we mean by a bucket can carry water, right? A five-gallon bucket is not going to carry 20 gallons of water. A five-gallon bucket is not actually going to walk the water up the hill, right? Um, if the bucket has a hole in it, yes, you can pour water into it, and the water will stay there for a period of time, right? But it's not going to carry it indefinitely. And, and I think it's really important that we have this understanding of, yes, an LLC does provide protection, but the what it actually provides is probably not the definition of what most people think when they hear that phrase. Yeah. And I think that was the, it was, it was so black and white that there was, I think there was misunderstanding as far as, and I think that's what most people, you know, just do a quick Google search. Should I do an LLC? Like, yeah, it protects you. And then people don't dig in deeper to see, yeah. well, how much does it protect you? And I actually looked into it for because I live in Colorado now, I used to live in California and they're similar and then it's not as much protection as you'd think, and, but you have to dig in and research it yeah. to really, to see what that means. So for some businesses that might be okay, like if you're worried about like a sip and fall outside your door, that's one thing, but, but having liability for anything you might say, and this was a big thing then the conversation you had with Garrett, when you guys did this live before mm -hmm. two years ago, if anybody wants to find it, um, it, you know, it's just a different kind of protection and it just doesn't, it doesn't apply at least in Colorado, it does not apply, um, and, I don't, and every state's different. Yeah, well, and going a step further, there are many states in the United States that uh, for an, a single member LLC, it provides zero protection. The state law actually states if you have a single member LLC, which 90% of coaches are going to be setting up because your only other owner is your spouse, which the law considers you one economic unit, right? 
so if you are a single member LLC, the state law, some state laws actually explicitly state the LLC provides zero liability protection as a single member LLC. All of your personal assets are 100% on the line. Ah, interesting. So there's some, at least here, I should be happy. (laughs) Yeah. So, so there's a huge, huge, uh, variation in what actually, uh, that the LLC provides, and it's not anywhere yep. near as straightforward as people think it is. Yeah. And she just said, what do you mean? You're not a lawyer. You talk like one. And yeah. And Emily just said, yeah, well, he's married to one. It's like, it's kind of, kind of <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So the difference between number one, I, I have taught this for 20 years as a professor and number two, um, you'll notice that my statements are, are never black and white. They are right. I mean, the black and white, yeah. The black and white statement is it depends, right? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's that was the advice that I liked though going through launch was it was always like, hey, it depends on your situation. You need to research it. And I love that. But you give us direction about, well, here's where you research it and here's what you need to research because you know it's like every state is different, but at least I knew kind of a starting point. And I had enough background to be able to research it intelligently, or at least somewhat intelligently. I I will say more people create LLCs and S corporations, um, but no one really creates them when they should. Most people create, uh, most people create LLCs or their corporations way later than they should. And other people who research it, find, oh, I should be doing this because everyone says this is what I should do. And they create it way earlier than they should. Right. Um, There is a right time for every business. And very few people hit that right time unless they have professional guidance. Um, Because either they're way later than they should, or they bought into this, the lies about how these things work. And so they just think, oh, if I create it, I'm safe from everything. Yeah. 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 And, and speaking of that, Emily, Emily had a question, which is actually one that I had on my list, but um, when yeah. do you know when it's the right time to switch entity structures? So it's not dependent on your move. Like I moved, I moved to a new state and I was like, no, 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 I'm in the same situation as I was before. So I kept it the same, but when, yeah. what are the triggers to tell you that it's time to do something different? So let's start with going from nothing to going to an entity structure. Okay. Right. Sounds so good. The so I'm going to talk very broadly, right? Because that's all we can do in a situation like this. But we'll we'll start broadly. Remember the entity structure is your last line of defense. So you know it's time to get to an entity structure when you've gone through the other lines of defense, right? Some of those other lines of defense include things like making sure that you have proper insurance and that the insurance covers what you think it does, right? Financial coaching, there isn't really good insurance yet for it. Uh, the next line of defense is not having a contract that you downloaded somewhere off the internet, but actually talking to an attorney, right? About the next line of, of defense, by the way, I'm not going in any particular order. These are different orders for different groups of people, right? But these are things that, that you definitely wanna have in place. Uh, The next is making sure that you have proper data management, especially in financial coaching. You are dealing with a lot of personal information. 
Um, too many people have their clients send them stuff through email. They store things in non-encrypted environments. Um, and the fact that you have access to such personal information uh, places you at higher risk of cyber attack and liability associated with it. Um, and so those are all, and there's other lines of defense as well that are important, but those are three that are really good to think about when it comes to financial coaching of, you know, those are things that you want to have in place. Now, you obviously you can do them all at the same time, right? But those lines of defenses are first. Um, the second is, you know, when do you have sufficient assets that are worth protecting? Right. There is a, a term in the law called being judgment proof. And it literally means if you win a judgment against this person, the next thing you should do is take it home, cut it up into little three inch squares and leave it by the toilet in case you run out of toilet paper, because that's what it's worth. Right. Because the person has no assets. They work in an industry industry where they get paid. They can get paid under the table. Right. All sorts of different things or they have a lot of assets and they're really, really good at protecting them because uh, they've hired a, a team of people to help them with that, right? And so when someone is judgment-proof, uh, if you're judgment-proof, generally this is gonna be, I don't have a lot of assets, then there's not a lot of worry about needing to protect things, right? Um, so when you have a sufficient assets that are worth protecting is, is another trigger point for that. Um, keep in mind your business is an asset. At some point, your business is going to grow to the point where losing your business would be, even if you don't have a house or any money in, you know, significant investments or et cetera, et cetera, your business itself may be a worthwhile asset to protect. It's probably not going to be when you have your first or second client. Yeah. Right? And then when we look at changing from an LLC to an S corp to a C corp, well, hopefully you got good advice before you set it up uh, because what you change it from one to the other is going to depend on a lot of different factors. Okay. Um, let's say going from an LLC to a corporation, there are very real reasons why you would want a corporation rather than an LLC, very significant reasons. However, the transition from an LLC to a corporation can have a huge tax implication associated with it because it's not the same as changing an S-corp to a C-corp. So you may have a huge taxable event when that happens. It's one of the reasons that huge taxable event for that switch is one of the reasons why someone may not want to do an LLC in a particular set of circumstances. As we go from an S-corp, from a uh, sole proprietorship to an S-corp taxation status, that's going to depend on your personal income level, right? A lot of people push the idea of you should be an S-corp or get S-corp taxation status because you get to save on taxes. The problem with that is you are saving on Social Security taxes, which is lowering your retirement income. And Social Security up to a certain point, and this number is larger than people think, has an incredibly high return on investment. And so we, um, you know, when we think about the tax tax management strategies, there is a window of income where the sole proprietor is going to be 
the best tax situation for you, both current taxation and long-term benefits, right? Then there's going to be a certain window of income where the S-corp is going to be most advantageous for you. And then there's going to be a certain window of income where the C-corp is actually most advantageous to you. And uh, a lot of people think, you know, oh, getting double taxed is horrible. Mm, not necessarily. There's a certain window of income where that double taxation is actually lower taxation than the S-corp single taxation or the sole A little crop. more work, but that's okay. It's more work, but at that level of income, again- You're paying well, somebody anyway. <laughs> you're paying someone. And even when you have an S-corp at that level in, of income, yeah. you're probably you're it's somebody, going yeah. to be worthwhile to pay people. Yeah. Uh, oh, so we had a question come in and it's, mm-hmm. yeah, this yeah. is exactly, this is exactly what we're talking about. Why are we all pushed towards LLCs for protection if that's not the real case? Is it only for tax benefits? No, the LLC does provide a a level of protection. It's just not as much as people think. Um, so uh, part of the reason why we're pushed towards LLCs is because you have a lot of people that want to provide value to other people, but don't know what they don't know. Uh, I go back to that person that gave that, that talk for you, right? Yeah. Um, so part of it is that. Part of it is that, you know, I have a huge respect for lawyers. My wife is a partner at a law firm, right? Um, the But the reality is there are lawyers that push LLCs even when they're not needed. Uh, I had a client that came in and we were going through all of their, all of their estate and all of their plans and everything. And they had 23 LLCs. They had an LLC for their boat. For they properties. LLC yeah. For, yeah. Like ev- everything had its own LLC. <laughs> and I said, why did you set up all these LLCs? And the client said, oh, well, I went to a free lunch seminar with an attorney Right there, I knew exactly where that was going, right? <laughs> right. Um, so I have a huge respect for lawyers. However, <laughs> that doesn't mean that all lawyers are going to give good advice, right? Um, so, that, so that is a big reason why, uh, why that happens sometimes. And I think that the LLC also has sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy with it. Uh, we hear 80% of businesses are LLCs and we think, oh, well, that means I should get an LLC if 80% of businesses are LLCs, right? Um, Or business entities are LLCs, but that may not be because 80% of people LLC was right for them. That may be because people go to the thing that's most popular, regardless of whether it's right. Oh no, she, but she, okay. So she has a question and a comment, but we'll read the question first, which is when would you go? So can you give us an example of when an LLC is the right solution for you? Yeah. So the, the, the key with an LLC and, and the thing that is lost anytime anyone talks about an LLC uh, is that an LLC, the, the real advantage of the LLC is not that it's some magical thing. It's that it has flexibility. LLCs don't exist in federal law. S-corporations do. 
C corporations do. They are established by the IRS tax code. There is no such thing as an LLC in the IRS tax code. LLCs are established by state law. What this means is every state has slightly different rules for LLCs, meaning there's slightly different flexibility options depending on the state that you decide to build the LLC in. In addition to that, because the LLC is not set under federal law, you can have an LLC elect to be taxed as a C-Corp or as an S-Corp or as a sole proprietorship or as a partnership. Right? And each of those is actually different tax rules, even though most people would describe the S-Corp and the partnership as the same tax rules because they're both pass-through entities of multiple people. Right. So there's a lot of similarities between them, but there are actual structural differences. So the, the advantage of an LLC is that you have that flexibility, that ability to kind of tweak things and customize things. Now, the question then becomes, oh, so then I should absolutely want the LLC for that customization. <laughs> to which my question to that is, what is the purpose of the customization? What are you trying to achieve? And if your answer is, I don't know, I just know customization sounds cool, <laughs> then you don't have a reason to get an LLC. <laughs> I'm thinking I might just skip that step and just go right, right yeah. to an S-Corp. <laughs> um, now, as we look at the, you know, as we look at a corporation, one of the main reasons you would not want to do an LLC is you have a, uh, a, you want to go public someday, or you want to leave the door open to go public someday. That is one of the many reasons you absolutely would not want to do an LLC. Or if you did do one, switch it very quickly to an S Corp. Um, because that is one of the ways their tax type kind bomb can happen. Right. Um, another reason why you wouldn't want to do an LLC is you don't want to be is if you are in a position where you're going to be moving a lot, right? You, your family was in that position yeah. for quite a while, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, being a military family and you don't have control over where you're moving to. No. <laughs> um, and depending on the states that you're going to and the rules in those states and whether or not you would need to form a new LLC in those new states, um, that could cause complications, right? And it's definitely something that now, now we're into territory where to figure this out, you need to talk to an attorney. Yeah. Right. But that's an example of where you might trigger yourself to say, okay, I'm going to move a lot. The different rules in different states may create a problem to me as I move from state to state. This is something that I'm going to want to talk to an attorney about to get some good advice around that. Yeah. yeah. And even if, even if you're not a person that moves a lot, like Garrett, I know ended up moving and he didn't expect to. So I know that caused complications for him as well. Yeah. Garrett wished he didn't get his LLC. Yeah. Because uh, it's, yeah. it's ridiculously expensive in California. <laughs> and he was in New York, which is also ridiculously expensive. When oh, he was said. it there too? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either reestablish it. Yeah. So if you move a lot, oh, somebody's active duty military. Yay. Go military. You can see my planes up here in the background. That's awesome. Germany. So we have another question that came in. We actually have another question from Chi from very early on. I'm going to come back to that yeah. one, but oh wait, first I want to read. 
She's moral of the story. Lawyers that take you out to lunch are bad. But I don't think, <laughs> see, I don't think Josh would agree with that because his wife takes him out to lunch. I'm sure. Right. My, well, well. Yeah. or do you take her out to lunch? Yeah. Here's what I would say. <laughs> I, I think actually, no, I think I do agree with Chi and it's not the concept that, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's if, if a professional is hosting a free lunch seminar, that is a really bad, scary sign. Yeah. Cause they're right? trying to make money somewhere and it's not yeah. for the seminar. Yeah. And professionals who are really good at their jobs, right. They have plenty of business through referrals, through their personal networks, through the marketing that they do that are not free lunch seminars. So whether it's a financial advisor, lots of free lunch seminars with financial advisors, a lawyer, a CPA, a tax person, right? If there, if you have a free lunch seminar, that is probably going to be the most expensive rubber chicken you've ever eaten. <laughs> uh, or timeshares. Yeah, timeshares are another example. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.